Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. On today's Pass the Amel segment, we get back to not only looking at the Australian movie Wormwood Apocalypse, but Garth gets me up to date with how he and his family dealt with the floods at their home in Brisbane. This podcast was meant to come out a couple of weeks ago, but uh, of course, due to the floods, uh, we are only getting to it now. My name is Justin Hamilton, and you're listening to Big Squid. Before we bring Garth in, just a heads up with the podcast. Uh, Look, I've personally found the first two months of 2022 to be quite the challenge. So I've made the decision to step back from any social media interaction for the rest of March. So I'll be posting links to the upcoming episodes and to the blogs. But if you write to me on any of the platforms, it might be a while before you receive a response. Uh, So nothing personal. And uh, I can't stress, I'm fine. But there has just been... God, there has just been something week after week after week. There has been crisis after crisis, and that's not even getting into the horrible situation with uh, the floods and, of course, the war overseas. So uh, it was a kind of uh, important decision for me to make uh, just to make sure that I can kind of uh, keep an even keel. Uh, And basically it was either put the podcast on hiatus or just step back from interaction with everybody. And it's, it's, once again, nothing personal. It is one of those things where I try to reply to all the messages via Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, Instagram. But it's, it's just a lot at the moment and I kind of need a bit of time to, uh, you know, find a little equilibrium. So... Also, uh, I just need to let you know, no need to reach out. I am fine uh, in in the main. Uh, please don't tell me to look after myself. I know it comes from a good place, but, you know, if, if you kind of read that in the wrong mood, it kind of feels a little bit patronising. Like, I am looking after myself by making this decision regarding social media. So, as I said, it's just been a big year with lots of crisis occurring, lots of friends in uh, bad places, and... My patience levels are at October levels, which isn't great when you're a week into March. Do you know what I mean? It's like normally my patience is, you know, pretty good. But uh, yeah, when you start getting angry over dumb things, that's when you know that uh, you need to uh, make some decisions and uh, look after yourself in that regard. Uh, The good news is that the podcast will continue to be released and the blogs will still be published Uh, Meanwhile, I'm also leaving myself space to read, work on some new projects and, you know, be present for the people in my life who need me at the moment. So it's a win-win situation. Uh, You will keep getting stuff that you can listen to and uh, some stuff that you can read if you uh, like reading blogs 
And look, I'll probably post something dumb on Instagram now and again too, but uh, when it comes to uh, having a bit of interaction, I just need a little bit of time off. Uh, A couple more thoughts for you. I had a fun phone call with Richard Feidler today about The Batman, a movie we both enjoyed, and uh, the chat helped clarify how I felt about the latest film, which is um, interesting because we did the podcast with Adam, but you 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 don't really settle into how you feel about movies until uh well for me anyway a, a few days later like something can be like a sugar rush when you're watching it and you think it's absolutely great and then a few days later you realize you haven't thought about it at all and it was fine in the moment but that's all it was and also vice versa you can just kind of watch something and it doesn't really uh, push any buttons or have any kind of uh appeal at the time, and then, and then a week later, you're like, God, I can't stop thinking about that uh, that movie, and you realise that you liked it a lot more. It just took a little bit longer to settle in. So, uh, chatting to Richard today, I came to the conclusion that for me, the Dark Knight trilogy uh, is an opera. It's always felt operatic to me. Uh, I feel like that is obvious from the decision to take uh, the Waynes and Bruce from seeing. Uh, the Mask of Zorro to seeing Mephistopheles uh, and seeing an opera. That kind of uh, states where that is going. So where the Dark Knight trilogy feels operatic, uh, the Batman feels religious. And that is uh, coming from the Ave Maria uh, that we start with. It's just, a, it's just a very different feeling. And as I stated in the podcast with Adam, uh, this new look at the Cape Crusader definitely reflects the world we live in today. And that is where... It truly succeeds for me. I think this might be the best Batman movie if you don't give a shit about Bruce Wayne. Uh, that, that sounds like, uh, like you know, a, a backhanded compliment because I really enjoyed Patterson's take, but I personally prefer Bale's nuanced performance that is constantly overlooked because you know people either talk about Heath Ledger or they talk about you know his weird voice, but. Up until Batman Begins, I'd never really seen a Bruce Wayne that grows and changes over time. And that's where those movies succeed for me. Uh, I know a lot of you out there don't like the idea of someone not wanting to be Batman, but that idea resonates with me. And maybe it's because I too daydream about disappearing and doing something else. Like, I find that idea intoxicating, that you just kind of get to a point where you go, Yep, I'm done and time to do something else. Uh, So that's just a preference, you know. It's just a preference of uh, what kind of Bruce Wayne I like. And, uh, you know, throughout that trilogy, you get to see an angry young man, uh, a man who has to learn a way through life. You get the fun, uh, drunkard Bruce Wayne, who's an act, which is hilarious. There's the real Bruce Wayne, who is, uh, uh, you know, you see him in contact with uh, Rachel and with Alfred, and a little bit with Lucius as well, and then you see that Bruce Wayne injured, and then uh, eventually you see him finding his way back to being a complete person. So that's what I prefer, but that doesn't mean I didn't love Patterson in the lead role either. Uh you know, I think Patterson's great and I think he's fantastic in this and what they set out to do with this Batman is definitely entertaining. I think I'm just at a point where between the Nolan trilogy and the seven-year run by Grant Morrison, for me, Batman has been deconstructed and explored to such a point that I just generally don't find the character that interesting anymore. So, in fact, uh, while I am happy to see superhero movies in general... Once I see them, I barely think about them, in all honesty. Like, once I've done the podcast, I've moved on. Like, I have not thought about (laughs) Spider-Man since I saw it. And, uh, you know, long-time listeners of this podcast will know that, you know, I didn't quite enjoy it the first time. I went back and saw it a second time, enjoyed it so much more the second time. And um, now I'm just kind of waiting for Doctor Strange, you know. I I don't know if that's bad movie making. I don't know if it's you know, fast food movie making. I don't know if it's just the uh, the machine that is Marvel. It's always like, what's next? And we, we, we see this even with the Batman. It's, it's like already people are going, oh, what's going to happen in the sequel? And it's like, can't we 
just enjoy this one for a moment? Can't we just be really happy that this one was good and we had a really good time with this one? So I just, I don't know. I think the serialization of superhero movies, which I found fascinating to begin with because I was such a heavy comic book reader for many decades and I'm just kind of over it. And to be honest, my favourite movies this year have all been foreign films. They've been Parallel Mothers, Drive My Car, and in particular, The Worst Person in the World, which I fucking loved. Oh my lord. I'm not enjoying superhero films and I'm liking foreign films. Does this mean I've grown up? Like, ugh, gross. What a terrible thought. I guess the thing that is kind of clouding the enjoyment of the Batman is the whole, this is why this version succeeds and this is why that version doesn't succeed. You know, like that constant debate, which is better? This one's better. Oh, this one does this heaps better. Oh no, this one really fails. Do we really need another Batman? It's just boring fanboys and uninspired writers trying to make a controversial splash in a crowded pop culture market. Guess what? I really love the Adam West Batman. And I really love the Michael Keaton Batman, and I really loved the Christian Bale Batman, and I thoroughly loved the Patterson Batman. I have my preferences, but I'm leaving that debate for people with more energy than me. But guess what? You can enjoy all of them. It's good. It's all right. Don't worry about it. Uh before we bring in Garth, some viewing suggestions for you. I'm loving Severance on Apple TV, which is probably evident by me covering it uh, on Mondays with the Squid Bits podcast. If you're keen to get on board, it is only four episodes in, so you can catch up easily and then join in the fun over the rest of its uh, next five episodes, I think. So uh, each new episode airs on a Friday, and I'll have the podcast ready for you on the Mondays to give you uh, the weekend to uh, catch up and uh, get your own thoughts in order. Uh, you know, in, in the past, we, we do things so quickly, so I just wanted to sit on this because it's such a great series, and I don't want to just have hot takes. I want to have some real thoughts about it. Uh, I mentioned on that podcast, I'm going to mention it here again, I finished the second season of For All Mankind, which I think is truly outstanding. What a fantastic series. And Apple TV is just making some great stuff of late, and it's really grabbing my attention. I'm, I'm spending a lot of time watching TV shows there. And uh, if you're interested, after I finish recording this, I'm about to watch the first episode of the new HBO series, Winning Time, covering my favourite basketball team, of all time, which is the 80s Los Angeles Lakers. This is the team with Magic, Kareem, uh, Norm Nixon, James Worthy, Byron Scott, uh, Pat Riley. This is the team that made me fall in love with basketball. So I can't wait to check this out. Fingers crossed it is good enough for me to share some thoughts with you later. And finally, uh, I have to apologise for the audio quality with Garth today. As you can well imagine, we recorded this in a very small window of time we had before Garth had to take his family and prepare for their flight to New Zealand. So many apologies that the audio isn't quite up to scratch, but uh, we were so keen to talk about the Australian film Wormwood Apocalypse, and our initial idea was we were going to get the review out before it stopped being in the cinema because we wanted to encourage as many people to see this Australian film as possible and we just ran out of time and the the floods hit and it was, you know, uh, uh, don't get me wrong, the floods are the proper tragedy here but this was a really good film and we would love to have uh, gotten this out in time to encourage you to maybe roll the dice and check it at the cinema. But uh Keep an eye out for it. It's still worth checking whenever it is released for streaming or renting. And maybe if you'd like to put back into this film, can I suggest a rental would go a long way. If you want to. Anyway, speaking of Wormwood Apocalypse, let's get into the film now. I'm a rambler, I'm a gambler, I'm a This is way Tommy you're gonna help me get my sister back. I've seen the bodies. They're terrorists, they're killers. Ain't that what you do? 
We need you. Who's your sister? Oh, fantastic. You reckon you can get us in there? Easy. I gotta make this right. So I'm gonna go into that bunker and we're gonna kill every last one of those sons of bitches. Fucking I. Oh, what the fuck is this shit? Oh, yes. It's one hell of a lovely skull. Good work, Reese. You dumb son of a bitch. Come on, mate. All the way from mildly overcast Brisbane, pretty <laughs> overcast Brisbane. Uh, he has not been washed away, but he's been very close to being washed away. Uh, Garth Jones, how are you doing? We are doing a lot better than we were doing this time last week uh, when the water level was at about two feet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, about to destroy the bottom level of our house, which thankfully was a rental. Uh, but nonetheless, it's a yeah. It, uh, it's very quickly you discover how traumatic something like that is. <laughs> right. As over about nine or ten hours, the decision whether to evacuate or not sort of uh, crept in and then became reality. Yeah. As uh, the flood. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know if you've uh, you, you've seen a few things on my Instagram. Uh, the uh, my daughter's climbing dome, which is about one point five meters tall, was completely uh, underwater. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was just the backyard situation. Not the uh, entire. No, that was the entire neighbourhood too. Uh, and I know a lot of people have had more flood water, but uh, as a newbie uh, to the Queensland floods, <laughs> pretty terrifying. Yeah, it's funny. There were I've got a few people that I'm friends with in Brisbane, and in the preceding twenty four hours, there seemed to be there seemed to be a little. You know, like the, not necessarily worried, but keeping an eye on things. But everything was still kind of at a stage where they were talking about other things. Mm. And I, like we were even planning on doing uh, this podcast about Wormwood Apocalypse. Like we were still kind of planning to go ahead on the Monday. And then suddenly on that Sunday morning, uh, the messages I was receiving was, yep, everything's changed. We're on the move. Uh, so can you kind of talk us through where you were at in the lead up sure. and then what was the actual moment where you went, oh, okay, we're on the move. We've got to go now. Well, well I had a, yeah, had a uh, trademark devastating hangover after spending the evening at the RSL with our neighbours who are good friends because uh, we're that classy now. Yeah. And uh, so I'd made a flippant joke on Instagram that uh, Sunday morning, you know, the, the, the water levels were sort of over the uh, local park, all the kids' equipment was gone. And all the pubs, all the sorry, all the bottle shops were shut, and that was sort of the you know at that point it just seemed like it was a bit of a <clears throat> potentially annoying sort of <laughs> thing to have to deal with. And then quickly it, it became very obvious that uh, it was time to move all our gear to the top of the house. Uh, it's a classic sort of Queenslander setup. Uh, so relocated all the stuff we cared about, and then over the course of the day we you know were, were sort of watching it encroach on the backyard. Uh, sort of, uh, this is uh, the floodwaters from the Brisbane River in Yeronga, which is on a floodplain. So we we learned a lot about that very quickly. Uh, a lot of the houses down on the actual waterline were pretty much overwhelmed with water onto their second floors by then. Um, yeah, and we're keeping an eye on it and then started you know, essentially trying to sandbag because the water was coming up the back steps and into the house. Um, 
and that was when the sewerage erupted, and which is uh, yeah. as glamorous as it sounds. Right, sorry, uh, the, the sewerage in your the, house in particular? The sewerage or? in the, yes, in, in, the, in our house. Uh, so right. basically uh, shit started uh, bubbling through the shower drain downstairs. Right. Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty uh, pretty great. And uh, at that stage we were going to stay, but yeah, water was about halfway up the stairs by the nine o'clock and we were lucky enough to have some friends with a unit that they were about to sell that was empty. Right. So we got in the car in the torrent and left uh, overnight, slept on the floor and uh, came back the next morning to a house that was basically unlivable, uh, primarily because of the probably metre of sewage that was in the in the downstairs. Right. Uh, yeah, confronting stuff, uh, you know, not the worst, but also, uh, yeah, very much a sort of, you know, a moment of reflection on sort of where your values are and where you're, uh, what things you do value. Right. And you know, the, the, you know, the great thing was that we very quickly learned the solidarity of the neighbours and everyone coming together to support each other, was that, which is you know a sense of community that I hadn't experienced having lived you know in the inner city and sort of keeping to yourself a lot over the years. But that sort of suburban, uh, yeah, real camaraderie, people just like picking each other up straight away and uh, taking care of one another, and that was the experience of the week was really humbling and really touching for everyone just sort of coming together and you know, just starting the cleanup process when it was safe to do that. Right. And uh, where's that at, at the moment? Like I, I've seen some of the photos of you looking like, uh, you know. I think I've got a potential career. Oh, yeah, head, head, down to, head down to the lead on a Tuesday night and yeah. start a new sort of Crisco-based uh, performance uh, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it took about two or three days to get all of the um, waterlogged shit out. Uh, and get it cleaned up to a point where it can be assessed uh, and, you know, uh, add to that the glamour of having people looting and actually scavenging through all your stuff as it's, as it's happening. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's a very small percentage of people, but there's still that element sort of happening. Uh, but, yeah, the cleanups, yeah, we, we uh, locked it up today and we won't be going back until it's uh, repaired, which might be three, four months at this stage, maybe right. more. Right. Yeah. Uh, did, sorry, did you have your stuff looted or was that just something that was happening? Uh, I had a conversation with the cops on uh, uh, a day or two after it happened that, uh, and just they, because people were leaving, obviously, to sort of uh, other accommodation because of the state of their houses. Uh, yeah, they just warned us that, like, to be very, very vigilant because there were people casing houses for, you know, whatever they could get while people were away. Uh, yeah. Not the side of you know, not the side of the neighbourhood you really want to see. Well, if it's uh, one of the reasons that I like, I was following this pretty closely, but I was not across the looting, which is it's just not something that you think of. Oh, I bet there'll be looters. You're too busy thinking everyone's trying to get the safety. You know, you'd already mentioned to me that uh, the community had been quite good, and I'd had that from other friends as well. So I was not across the looting at all. And then weirdly. The way I found out was Larry Emder posting the angriest post on Instagram I have ever seen from Larry. This is a guy who yeah. <laughs> with working at the chase is so even keeled and so level-headed and is so gentle. And it was, it was damning. It was really angry. And I got the giggles, not because it was uh, uncalled for, but it just sideswiped me and I was like, Jesus, well, if Larry Emder's angry at you, you are scum. You are fucking scum if, yeah, Larry's got your new sights for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, we have a sort of had, I guess I can say now, because we're, I'm not sure when we'll be back, but there's sort of an unofficial dad sort of neighbourhood watch, you know, where you're all sort of like on the street having a chat and just giving these people the, you know, the dad glare. Yeah. When they want, because it's very, you know, just people on scooters with their seven, you know, their seven eleven um, slurpees, and you know, you know the physique, you know the uh, the look, yeah, uh, and just just cruising up and down the street, just blatantly checking out everyone's shit, and it's wow. just, <laughs> yeah, that's the sort of yeah. I mean, we're going to get to the apocalypse, but like, there's those vibes in there, and there's yeah. that real, you know, there's those real, uh, there's a real sense of. You know, it's, it's very, it's cliche to say, but like, holy fuck, you drive around and like, you know, there's the hand painted sign saying, you know, um, 
uh, slow down. Uh, dust is shit water. Uh, you know, you really sort of, it is in that world <laughs> at yeah. the moment and increasingly so. Right. And where yeah. are you uh, exactly at the moment? Like that looks like a, from the background, looks like an apartment. Yeah, we're just, um, we got put up uh, overlooking uh, South Bank here uh, over the cultural centre. Yeah. Uh, just right. for, yep. yeah, until we fly out tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, we're lucky enough to get to, <laughs> yep. Yeah, we're lucky enough to get to New Yes, we are, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can. Yeah, I think, yeah, unlike last year, we've got a, I think we're pretty watertight now. Um, right. Everyone's COVID negative. Uh, and I've got a, a invitation to travel, so I think it's cool. Okay. Well, I might be back on here tomorrow in another apartment saying maybe <laughs> by oh, myself. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, we'll see what happens. Well, for, for people who don't know, uh, you were meant to go to New Zealand last year and because of uh, the COVID Several situation, times, yeah. you were yep. uh, denied because you and your partner aren't married. Is that right? Uh, well, the at that stage, uh, our government was saying that you can't have an exemption to travel anywhere, uh, regard and just they would let uh, my partner and uh, daughter can leave because they're uh, on a New Zealand citizen on a New Zealand passport. Right. But I, yeah, it was just a no go zone for quite a while, and then was lucky enough to get out in the bubble, and then the bubble shut again, and then right. their borders just opened. So this will be a deal yeah, dealing with the New Zealand immigration this time. Uh, so right. the bureaucratic, you know, it is it is Terry Gilliam at this stage. Like the oh, whole yeah. sort of Brazil, sort of uh, nothing makes sense. Every document you see contradicts itself. Yeah, there's half a dozen, yeah, just half a dozen different things you can fill out that probably won't get you anywhere. Oh man, it's like dystopian satire wasn't meant to be a blueprint. It was meant to be. It's a all warning. coming. It's all. Yep. It's all. Uh, it's all coming to fruition. Um, yeah, you know. I mean, down to the fact that you have to pay, you know, you're, you're in the hole for 140 bucks to get a COVID test if you don't actually have symptoms. Uh, right. So you, you're paying for that on her as well. Oh, man. Well, uh, anyway. uh, yeah, it's uh, not to complain. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's been a bizarre week uh, and it's sort of capped off a whole range of things. So yeah, that's where, you know, we're lucky to be in, a, in the position we're in. And it was yeah, definitely... Uh, yeah, re reaffirmed some of my faith in humanity, if not all of it. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah. That's a yeah. positive. There's a takeaway, yeah. And your daughter, from what I can tell, has been kind of, it's kind of been an adventure because she's not quite old enough to be worried. Is that right? Yeah, she's, you know, definitely aware of it. And, yeah. you know, the, the, and there's going to be some tough conversations about her friend's you know, how long it'll be until she sees them. And, right. you know, she's great friends with our neighbor's daughter. Uh, but by and large, it's just been, she thinks she lives in hotels now and sleeps in double beds and <laughs> yeah. she's just living the dream. Yeah. Which yeah. hotel tonight? And, you know, the, you know, there's a, <laughs> we stayed with friends on the Gold Coast on Tuesday night, I think it was. And, you know, going from like your, um, you know, just ruined house to, it was a. It was one of their a friend of their friends' holiday homes, which happened to have a yacht parked outside. So it was just like sublime to ridiculous and back again over the space right. of. Yeah, it's like oh, we've got well now we've got a yacht. We're fine. Uh, yeah, cool. No, this is sorted. Yeah, we can do Waterworld now. Yeah, this is uh, the dream, right? <laughs> yeah. Finally, we can't be any safer. Just hope it doesn't catch fire. You know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad you guys are in a better position and uh, thank goodness that you can uh, head to New Absolutely. Zealand for a bit yeah. and uh, get to see the, the family over there as well. Yeah, uh, um, I'll, I will uh, preface this with uh, New Zealand uh, box office for Wormwood Apocalypse is uh, 96 fucking dollars. Really? Uh, right. <laughs> really. So I'm going to have a, a few stern words with people when I get there. Uh, oh, I can't <laughs> wait. Well, this, this uh, <laughs> podcast will be overwhelmingly uh, downloaded. <laughs> by those uh, four people. Uh, the, one of the <laughs> things with that $96, though, I wonder how many ticket sales that is because one okay, of my... dollar. <laughs> well, one of my uh, things that actually frustrated me about seeing this film, which, you know, we'll talk about the quality of the film yeah. and how much I enjoyed it, but for a Tuesday 12.20 session, it was <laughs> like... Uh, what did I text you? It's like twenty eight dollars or 20, something. Twenty four bucks. Yeah, twenty four yeah. bucks, and it's like, 
you're not doing this movie any favors by Fuck no. charging that much. Like I saw, uh, I saw Drive My Car, the uh, Japanese Oscar-nominated film at mm-hmm. Palace Cinema, which was a three-hour film. I saw that for seventeen on a Saturday I'm saying, night. I'm off to see the Batman for nine dollars fifty after I talked yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah, nine dollars so, fifty on it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like. Help this movie out by, you know, making it a bit cheaper and making it more accessible to the the age group that would really get a Absolutely. kick out of it. And now it's out of cinemas as of today, as I've seen. So, yeah. sorry, guys. Uh, this is a streaming conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it's still worthwhile checking out and we, no, um, you know. We're going to back we it. We were going to try and give it that last little push, but, uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, Other apocalypse decided to yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about the movie properly. Uh, I thought this was great and felt it was a, a real leap forward on the first movie, which I also enjoyed. But the the shift in quality is comparable in the shift in excellence from Mad Max to Mad Max Two. Uh, the movie felt more confident and assured. Uh, was there anything that stood out to you when it first started as to oh? this has already taken a step up because there was something very specific for me. Sure. Um, I, I came in with the, like the cinematography, uh, you know, that the detail and the uh, attention to colour, you know, the, obviously the first one had the, the stuff with the, uh, the doctor with that very yeah. lurid colour palette. Uh, and this one sort of, you know, expanded that aesthetic into, yeah, that sort of uh, more of a Western sort of vibe. Yeah. And just, yeah. you know, the, the, just a really, not, the, the attention to detail and the set dressing, uh, showed that yeah, there's you know a slightly larger budget and that you know they uh, their storytelling abilities had really kicked in a notch or two. Yeah, yeah, there's a real flexing of confidence. Uh, yeah, and that world building. Well, yeah, yeah, just that yeah. opening credits. Yeah, that post opening credit sequence of the world building of how how people live and yeah. <laughs> survive in that environment. And you know, yeah. really funny. Yeah. Oh, like, really, yeah, it's really yeah. funny. Uh, well, I thought the audio was phenomenal and uh, a friend of mine John who went and saw it in Adelaide uh, that was one of the first things he noticed as well and he was he was sitting in a cinema by himself watching it but uh, the audio kind of yeah well, I guess that yeah, definitely nailed that George Miller sort of like grunty uh, cars and chaos yeah. sort of uh, vibe yep yeah well uh, Kaya and Tristan Roche-Turner have done an amazing job of nailing what a successful sequel sets out to achieve which is you take what you did well in the first movie and then you just dial it up to maximum volume, don't you? And and as you said, the world building was second to none to the extent that my favourite character from the first movie that was killed off, it was okay that he wasn't in the second. And I actually went in a bit worried that there wouldn't be... Yeah, I was was a bit sad about bit sad about Benny too. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that was my initial, yeah. I was like, oh, God damn it, why did you have to kill him? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, no, you're right. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, just, sorry. Uh, the, yep. the, the joy of uh, Zoom. Yeah, just uh, uh, yeah, reflecting on Benny for a moment. In... Oh yeah, yeah. You got a very yeah. wistful look in your eye. Yeah. Uh, but there, uh, I also like that it didn't waste any time. It just kind of got right into it. It's a, uh, it's an 88 minute film, and it does not waste a, a second with anything that is superfluous. No, not at all. Um, you know, you're straight into the, the world of Reese, the soldier, and yeah. his, uh, you know, pretty grueling daily apocalypse routine uh, yeah. of <laughs> repeat, repeat, repeat. Uh, you know, even getting out of the compound or <laughs> is a yeah. massive challenge. Yeah. Uh, he's got a cool Razorback car too, which is a, a nice little nod there. Yeah, but yeah, you know, like he's tra- training the training with the uh, zombie with the birdcage on his head, like lots of nice little, like, you know, visual playful visual gags to sort of kick you off and get you back into the idea of how the universe works, you know, fueling, you know, running his uh, generators on the zombie, you know, um, exhalation fuel, yeah, all those sorts of, yeah, just it, it really drops you back in and get, gets you up to speed quickly. Like it's really funny. Like all of that stuff was really funny. And the, the weird uh, flashback I had where, where this movie has a lot of, uh, in a good way, kind of ancestors in, you know, the Mad Max movies and stuff like that and zombie films, etc. That whole section of the way he lived, to me, felt like a perverse take on Yahoo Sirius's Young Einstein. 
Wow. Okay. Yep. Do you know? I, mean? I don't think, I, I mean? don't think I've seen that, that since it came out. But yeah, sure. Yep. But you know, he had that kind of you know that world that was his own uh, place that he lived and you know ran on everything that he'd invented. And there's uh, Reese, you know, as you said, running a whole little compound on stuff that he's put together. And it, it felt like a very darkly uh, comical, uh, uh, you yeah. know, building on from that kind of uh, Australian storytelling. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a great, yeah, great primer on uh, how you actually don't want to live in a post-apocalyptic wasteland as, a, as attractive as being, you know, the loner yeah. uh, in yeah. that scenario. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. thanks. <laughs> The, uh, the boxing in particular was uh, particularly funny for me, especially with the little cage on the head so he can't yeah. get bitten. And, uh, he was, uh, uh, the actor Luke McKenzie was fantastic. Uh, if people who watched the first film will think, hang on, wasn't he in the in, in the original and killed off? And it's they obviously went, no, this guy's too good an actor. And they went, oh, well, he's a twin. <laughs> what a great way. Like, what, well, one well, of the great... You know, and shameless. <laughs> Yeah, just the old yeah. the, the old twin chart straight in there. Yep. Yeah, it, it's it's like a, a nice soap opera move, isn't it? Oh, we always like that. Well, thought, so we'll just bring it. I back. feel like you know they've you know there's that sort of uh, axiom that Sam Worthington's like the really dull one of uh, you know the, the the Australian male actor that's the most boring one, and they might have taken Luke McKenzie who plays Reese and actually amped up the Sam Worthington energies and got him to somewhere where he actually was charismatic. And yeah. yeah, and you know, a really solid action performer who you could see, you know, definitely breaking out. Oh yeah, a, I thought he was yeah. really good. Yeah, uh, I'd love to see him in a uh, a bigger budget film, uh, you know, because I think he kind of had the uh, the balance of the intensity with the humor of the overall feel of the movie, and uh, that, that's mm. a hard thing to get right. You know, Sam Worthington. It's it's one of those things where. Russell Crowe can get right, and uh, and Sam Worthington now and again can get right, but uh, it's it's a hard needle uh, to kind of thread correctly. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, had, uh, I was having Terminator Salvation flashbacks for some reason, uh, just into some the uh, that same sort of like the grit of the performance. But yeah, right. Uh, he, maybe just we can uh, real uh, deep fake uh, Luke McKenzie into Terminator Salvation right. and uh, improve that a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Right. You, know, you remember Salvation I mean, with, yeah, Christian Bale? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I've no? never actually seen that. I'm just really? not much okay. of a Terminator guy. I don't know. That, I think that was the last gas. I think that was Terminator 4. Right. That was uh, the one with Christian Bale was John Connor. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was, yeah, and it was directed by, by McGee, I think. Yeah. Or yeah. someone like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the main thing that anyone remembers from that film is the on-set meltdown by Christian Bale. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Probably the best thing that could have happened for that movie. The uh, yeah. But I, I, I had to review Terminator Genesis, which was a quagmire of a film. It yep. was such a hard and film then, to sit through. And then there was another one after that, wasn't there's there? There's another one that's got, yeah, the uh, that J- Jason Clarke in it, I think. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which was also absolute, yeah, absolutely terrible. Which is a shame because uh, I really like Jason Clark as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, just let it go. I think, guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, anyway. it's a movie franchise that just doesn't quite have enough meat on the bone, and you discover that Not very all, early. No. A little bit like the Alien movies as well. Like, uh, if you just kind of left it at Aliens, that'd be perfect. But uh, going back to the well too much, invariably, yeah, yeah. Uh, of, uh, Prometheus, getting trouble with a lot of Prometheus fans there. Uh. Oh, I know. Oh, it's a yeah. movie that I watch every 18 months in the hope that maybe I find something in it that works yep. and it doesn't happen. <laughs> I, the bits that I still like, I like, but uh, overall, yep. just not quite there. You know, the worst thing is, is that uh, Ben and I, uh, for the sci-fi uh, Space Policy, we're, we're doing Alien pretty soon. So I've just re-watched it and it's like, Ridley, did, did you go back and watch your film? And... and work out what really worked for that before you make Prometheus? I reckon the answer is probably no. Uh, Ridley's a very a confident man. He's a very yeah, confident you, man. He's a very confident man, so I don't think he yeah. gives a shit. No, he doesn't give a shit at all. <laughs> uh, 
It was uh, good to touch base with the siblings again in uh, Wormwood Apocalypse, uh, Brooke and Barry. And I love the two Indigenous girls travelling with them as well. Uh, Bianca Brady, as Brooke is striking as the half-zombie character, that, that's a role that's hard to get right, isn't it? Because she doesn't really get a lot to say and it, it's not easy to be standing and posing and be compelling and not look insane. I did wonder, yeah, a lot where the uh, the wind machine came from. Uh, with her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she does. She does have a lot of presence, and you know, she does get uh, right in there. And um, yeah, she's got a lot of in, that sort of feral intensity. Yeah, that uh, really sells it. Uh, and I think she's yeah, she looks like she'd uh, punch a hole in your head too. So that doesn't hurt. hurt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh, but, she looks yeah, like she, girls that I've met up in uh, not far north Queensland after doing gigs, say, in Mount Isa and after three Bundy and Cokes, you go, oh, you know what? I don't want to play pool against you anymore. I'm going to go home. Yeah, you are going to beat the shit out of me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it, but she's great. Yep. Yeah. yeah, she's excellent. Uh, and they, even, uh, is it, uh, the, uh, the other, uh, Jay, is uh, the guy who plays Barry, uh, Jay yeah. Kennedy, is it? Yeah, I, I can't so, remember yeah. his name anyway. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he's fun. He's got that sort of buffhead uh, tradey thing still going on. That's, uh, yeah. you know, he's got a big uh, sort of some, Benef- you know, chunky Benefleca energy maybe on occasion. Yeah. 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 No, he's he's really fun as well. I think uh, all the acting is pitched perfectly. Everyone knows exactly what they're doing. And Absolutely. There's nobody... There's nobody chewing too much scenery and there's nobody who's taking a bit too seriously. Yeah, the, the tone's spot on. There's that sort of, uh, yeah, the sort of Sam Raimi Antipodian uh, take on the material. Yeah. It works really well. Yeah. Yeah. The, that sort of like, yeah, the Bruce Campbell sort of performance that's like knows what's going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, a nice Nick Cave drop as well. Yes. <laughs> Which was great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the music was pretty great in general, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, especially with the cinematography, it felt uh, that scene in particular felt uh, dripping with uh, with Australiana in, in yes. all the good ways. It is it is just hitting me what a absolute tragedy it is that it, it lasts maybe two and a half weeks in the cinema and wow. made fifty grand, I think. Ah, it, it is a bummer because it's really good. Because, like, yeah, it's made, I think it made three and a half thousand in uh, United Arab Emirates for some reason. And that's it. Right. Uh, it hasn't had a release anywhere else yet. But yeah, it is a total bummer because people should be seeing it. Well, I guess it has to do. I, t- with... I took my, sorry, yep. No, go on. Uh, I took, you know, I, I, I uh, tweeted, uh, sorry, tweeted and uh, Instagrammed it. But yeah, I just at the producers, uh, I did do my, uh, you know, Australian film going uh, duty and took a six pack in yeah. to uh, enhance the experience. And yeah, it is one of those films that just you just need to have a few beers and uh, get, yeah, enjoy the ride. Yeah, and just have a good time. Like it really yeah. could, uh, if it maybe does the festival uh, circuit maybe it will find its uh, audience that way but it, yeah it's a real bummer uh, that more people didn't see it uh, I loved uh, when uh, the girl from uh, Firebite uh, Shantae Barnes-Cohen turned up as well uh, she was like to be in Firebite and this is mm. like a, a, a real winning one-two punch she, she might I wonder a- yeah I wonder if she's a genre fan or if this is just these are just the roles that are sort of coming in at, the, at this right. point, like he's just a really great action performer as well. Yeah. Uh, well, and that, yeah, next up is you know, Ghost, before... right? No, oh, is it? I don't know. Zombies, Ghosts, uh, vampires. Uh, yeah, vampires. Well, we need a bunyip at some stage, surely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no one's done a bunyip in a long time. Yeah. If ever. Uh, well, the uh, the other girl as well, with her, which I think her name is pronounced uh, Tazia, Tazia Zalar, uh, that, that was so much fun. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd be really up for either a whole movie of them or a, a TV series just following the two of them travelling around. I thought they were really compelling. And considering you, you know, you don't spend a lot of time with anyone before you meet them. And then if you're, if you're really attracted to what they're doing immediately, it's, uh, it, it says something not just about the direction and the writing, but also about their presence on the big screen. They look like they will be taking the, if, you know, in the 
hopefully this takes off on streaming or you know in on the festival circuit they, it looks like they'll be the ones going taking it forward won't they yeah no spoilers yeah. no spoilers but yeah um <clears throat> they'd be the uh if and unless they decide to sort of do this the same sort of flip they did with this one and like introduce other characters they're definitely the most compelling ones now aren't they yeah yeah the them driving around even uh you know the the cars were all fantastic uh, the designs were just second to none uh, and then even uh getting to the point where we're going into bunkers where where nefarious deeds are happening that are maybe sponsored by the government or uh being run without the government knowing or who even knows what kind of government is left there's any government left yeah yeah Yeah. uh all of it is just kind of uh built perfectly so you recognize that world uh immediately yeah uh yeah the yeah the bunker uh which i suspect is a set is basically just the uh front maybe two feet yeah and they all very seriously walk off into this (laughs) facility yeah. but probably just into another bit of uh, forest clearing uh, oh mate like uh, you know there, there's a lot of uh, yeah it's uh a lot of acting is and running off to your left two steps yeah <laughs> I, mean, I guess uh, thinking about the uh the, the villains you know the uh the the lead army guy gave me sort of uh clancy brown vibes uh, yeah sort of, Kurgan sort of uh, scenario. Uh, lots, yeah. Even though you know those guys never seen most of these performers performers anywhere else. Like, yeah. what are we doing with them here in Australia? <laughs> yeah, he was great. That's actually a, a really good uh, call. Actually, I thought he was he was a perfect kind of immediate guy to hate. <laughs> yeah, like a, yeah, lieutenant bastard sort of thing. And yeah, yeah, can't wait to see the comeuppance. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you know it's coming. Like he's, mm. there's no way you set up a character like that not to have to come up. And, and there's, no, yeah, there's nothing nothing in this that's actually comes as a surprise, is it? It's just, just a fun, you know, romp that, you know, you're just in for the, on for the ride, essentially. Well, that, that's everything. what's good about it being 88 minutes is mm. it, it, it's not that the, you're going to be surprised by where the story goes particularly, but it doesn't waste your time trying to trick you into thinking that it's not it just gets in and tells the story uh nods to uh you know uh, once again the uh a nice car chase as well which was yep. i thought filmed really well and uh was quite compelling all the stuff out in the bush was great some good yeah some good little callbacks some of the device you know the uh that ejector seat sort of device that they you know use yeah. nicely yeah <laughs> Yeah, nice comedic comedic moments. Uh, some some pretty interesting uh, uh, takes on the gore as well. Right. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, like the, the practical effects are all pretty amazing. And the, again, you know, it's just being made in the Blue Mountains, uh, you know, essentially. But this time, I think yeah. they actually got to make it all at once instead of it over the weekend. You right. know, over a space of four or five years. Um, but yeah, it, it looks like it did take some time to get some funding though. Right. Yeah, well, it definitely took some time. Yeah, Yeah, but uh, being able to film it all at once is such a difference. Uh, Something that was also really uh, well made about it was that characters didn't suddenly become useless in situations to propel the storyline. It's it's one of my bugbears with Mm. uh, storytelling, especially in genre, is sometimes lead characters or villains or whatever will show a level of competency and then for some reason they'll just do something that's slightly out of character and that's to obviously set up the next set piece uh, mm-hmm. everyone's tricky everyone sticks to character people think can maneuver their way around situations and it, you know i know it's just a, a you know a, a zombie film but once you're in that world, everyone is consistent to what they've set up earlier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like their characters, yeah, move through the world and yeah, they're all basic. Well, imagine what you'd be like, how tra- you know, speaking about trauma earlier, imagine living in that universe for, you know, yeah. you, you, you know your survival instinct would be honed and you'd be, yeah, everyone would be suspicious, wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Constantly second guessing everyone's motives. Yeah. And even and before you get to the just, zombie dust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and people kind of uh, you know, once again, they they stuck to character. It wasn't 
people were manoeuvring into different positions and uh, as revelations uh, abound, characters don't suddenly change in personality. They're still the no. same person, but they're, they're changed uh, by the knowledge, but their character's not changed. No. Uh, you know, one of the big twists, you know, which, uh, which our, our main, for lack of a better term, hero, Reese, uh, has to confront. I saw that coming a mile away, but it was still fun when we finally got there, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, there's nothing, yeah, there's no real rug pulls or anything. You sort of, yeah, you just maybe thinking you're smarter than the film is just part of the fun in this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah get, confirm everything I'm <laughs> expecting and uh, it's bloody fun. Yeah, uh, I particularly enjoyed uh, Nick Boschia as the Surgeon General. Uh, he's our main character who uh, is uh, in the bunker. He's ostensibly, uh, ostensibly, I should say, uh, working on a, a cure. Sure. That's kind of the For premise. Antidote. Yes, yep. Yeah, but it turns out he is hooked on his own zombie drug and... I just found him to be hilarious. I just thought he was exactly what the film needed, as in a big, colourful bad guy who was a lot of fun. So we had our had our big kind of uh, uh, masculine uh, villain, but we also yeah. had our intellectual villain who has slipped it's into off madness. His, off his tits on zombie dust. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, but he, yeah, but doing lines. Very, very convincing uh, at the, uh, the fine art of the snort, I thought. And the... Yeah. <laughs> so, and, you know, he may have had some practice. Uh, and, it, and the other guy, the, the other surgeon general or one of his, his other, the other guy in the surgical gear, uh, they also cast a really interesting looking actor for him as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember what, what his relationship to him was. But yeah, the, 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 that sort of, they seem to have like a type they go for for those, those characters. That sort of yeah. uh, really almost uh, gentleman style, you know, the Buffy villains, <laughs> that sort of elongated right. sort of that your yeah, very sort of German expressionist looking sort of villain. Yeah, yeah. It's it's apart from, you know, our lead, uh, a lot of interesting looks on the big screen. It's a lot of interesting faces and uh, yeah, really kind of gets face. back to, um, as you said, it's kind of like 70s casting, isn't it? And, yeah. Uh, all, all different shapes and uh, sizes. Well, even some of the throwaway characters, like the, the first guy that Reese brings in that ends up in the vat, uh, he, you know, as a you know, as a performer, he looks like, yeah, he had an interesting face, you know, great, yeah. great delivery there uh, and just sort of gets melted, doesn't he? Yeah, he's only in it <laughs> for a few minutes. <laughs> he's only in it for a few minutes, but yeah, uh, would be interested to see more there. Yeah. Yeah. From him. Well, it, it was interesting because he felt like a uh, a pretty good character. Like like when he was set up, you felt like he was going to be in it for a while. Yeah, and well, having yeah, taken out like was yeah. actually a shock. Uh, <laughs> well, we won't keep you for too much longer because I can tell. That's okay, that, we're so. all good. <laughs> no, 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 it's good. Um, I think. Uh, where do you want to see? the next film go do you do you think there will be another film and where do you think you'd like to see it uh, expand from here do you think it would be find more uh, of an audience as a tv series or in a in a perfect world where yeah they do get the opportunity to continue uh yeah i think maybe heading down that road of a limited six episodes sort of Maybe, you know, it might still only be like a slightly more than movie length series, like the 30 minute, like the sort of format they went with, with the Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yeah. Which were like really punchy, you know, uh, 25 minute episodes. Um, <clears throat> you got your gore quotient, you got your humor quotient. Yeah. And <clears throat> just really, yeah, fun TV. And yeah, I think that's probably the place for them if they can, you know, find a similar deal to Firebite or, you know, Get in, get in with an American, and you know, unfortunately, American production company probably will make it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought it was great, and uh, there's uh, a lot to enjoy uh, for anyone who hasn't seen the film. Uh, you, you get to see a virtual reality zombie fight, <laughs> and that is a particular highlight in the in the film for me. So uh, that was great, wasn't it? Yeah, it was so funny. 
and another really good so yeah great sort of practical effect that wasn't taking it you know it wasn't massively convincing but really really fun in that in that world yeah uh, and you get to see uh yeah the the brooks take take it on and uh yeah hold her own and and don't you yeah, yeah, she's great. Like, uh, once again, her ability to be an action hero, uh, it'd be nice to see her maybe, you know, hopefully George Miller's out there, you know, for his Furiosa sequel is uh, Absolutely. You know, yeah. keeping an eye on her. She'd be uh, able to hold her own against anyone in in, uh, in that franchise, I think. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Just really would love to see some, yeah, some recognition for all these guys. You know, they obviously love it, love what they do from the, you know, the, the production side of things and the performance side of things. And yeah, everyone needs to think about just when they get a chance, yeah, if they get an opportunity to see this, uh, definitely take it. Yeah. And, and like all good genre uh, movies, it, it has a weapon that I is quite unique. Like a good genre film has a, has something that you haven't seen before yes. and i love uh, i love the gun i think the gun that uh, the big fella's using throughout the film is fantastic and uh, it's like compressed air isn't it like it's like a sort yeah. of like bumper that knocks you yeah <laughs> takes yeah. you down yeah 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 it's so good it's such a unique <laughs> thing within this world and uh, yeah they as he, as you said they obviously love this world and they have a lot of fun inventing uh, different ways to tell their story so uh, hopefully we'll get more of it absolutely yeah we, yeah we need to see more so everyone watch it and pay for it please the last one was uh highly pirated uh i certainly uh, didn't maybe uh but yeah you need to pay for it watch it and pay for it for sure so they can make more of this stuff yeah uh i wonder if it will go to streaming so I, I guess we can keep an eye out for it there but um you know if you get an opportunity to lay some bucks down through you know whatever service yeah, you use it's worth it absolutely worth it yeah maybe yeah and if you do get a chance to see it in the cinema that's also take at least six beers with you and you'll uh, have a re really good time you'll have a really good time no i agree <laughs> uh well thank you very much for finding time to come and uh, talk about this and uh uh going to the airport first thing tomorrow morning is that right uh yeah uh in the in the cab about seven thirty, i think and then we'll just go with this, the uh stress of the see what the bureaucratic situation is as we go <laughs> have yeah. to sort of put ourselves through all the all the new fun protocols yeah but i think we're okay yeah um okay i think we've gotten it all um vaccine passports all that sort of stuff are under right. under control um right if you if you do need to do that the, the vaccine passport is actually a separate one to your actual vaccine passport that you get with your medicare account right so it's not confusing at all um We've done a great job. Um, everyone should be proud of themselves and the Australian government on that one. Yeah, no, no, no. It's uh, I'd hate for anything to be straightforward at any point in my life. So, no way. Uh, thank goodness. I don't need that. Yeah, good, good to hear that. Uh, that will be a pain in my ass at some point in the future. Going to be a massive pain in your ass. Yep. And you know, yep. the the MyGov suite of apps is always fun to get around. So uh, that's another one you can add to the yeah the joys of uh, yeah. going anywhere. Yeah, so much fun. All right. Well, yeah. uh, thank you very much, and uh, we'll we'll touch base with you uh, when well, you're it. in New Zealand. Yes, hopefully. Yes, yes. Hopefully. When we're there. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to be very positive. You're going to. I'm putting it, the positive vibe. That will definitely be definitely be there. Yeah, I, yeah, everything's been ticked off. Ticked off for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to happen, and uh, we'll work it out. All right. Thanks, mate. Well, Must do a Kiwi film. Oh yeah, uh, a New oh. Zealand New Zealand exploitation yeah. film. Yeah, exploitation. Yeah, we'll give that a go. Yeah. Bro, bro exploitation. Yeah, we'll uh, find out find out from uh, someone over there what they might. It's say. probably a Peter Jackson film, an early Peter Jackson film would probably be the, the oh, situation. Oh yeah, that would be the way to yeah. go, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. All right, maybe thanks, mate. All right, Justin. Thank you. That's me done for today. Thank you for listening and I look forward to having Garth back on the podcast as soon as he settles in New Zealand with his family. He'll be there for a few months, but uh, we still have a lot of plans for Pass the Amel. And uh, the next film we're going to discuss is the movie Road Games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, you know what? Funnily enough, we've already recorded that one, so that one's ready to go. But we were, as I said earlier, trying to get Wormwood uh, Apocalypse in. 
before it left the cinema. Damn it. God damn it. The best laid plans, etc., etc. I'll be back next week covering the next episode of Severance and then a two-part Space Policy episode with the fabulous Adam Richard returning and Ben Elwood coming back to talk about the underappreciated film Dread. Uh, You can also find blogs over at bigsquidpod.com. Stay safe out there, my friends, and until then. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.